0: Hi, I'm Ellie, and I'm going through some pretty trying times on my very own Trying to Conceive journey. And if you're here, I'm guessing you are too. In this pod, we're talking about all things TTC and fertility, to try and feel less alone as we get to know our bodies, while also exploring the different journeys that we might be on to try and meet our baby. Whether you're battling with infertility, trying after loss, or just starting out trying for the first time and you don't know where to begin, this pod is for you. Welcome to The Trying Times. Hello my loves, how are you doing? If I'm honest the roller coaster has been on a bit of a dip for me this last week um, and it's felt tough. But you know that's okay, I've noticed it and I've acknowledged what it is and I've been trying to find ways to pick myself back up. Like last night I went skiing at the local snow centre and I've got a lesson booked again for next week, I'm quite excited for. So I've been trying to find things that make me feel good, like distractions, like we've spoken about before. But that's not what this episode is about, although we probably will touch on it. Um, But we've talked a lot about tracking and testing and ovulation recently. But what about that lovely little bit of time between ovulation and being able to know if you're pregnant or not? You know what I'm talking about, that dreaded two-week wait. The two weeks up to when you'll either see that beautiful word appear on a test or Aunt Flo will decide to make an unwanted appearance. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about today. Put your hand up if you've ever felt victimized by the two-week wait. Yep, it's a horrible time. It's that bit where we are so hopeful that we've done enough and we won't have to go through yet another freaking month of testing and tracking and trying at the same time as worrying, have I done enough? You have hope that the end might finally be in sight, but also that overwhelming fear of it not happening and having to do it all over again another month wasted and time ticking away and also for the lost mummers out there the absolutely overwhelming fear of what if it is positive and i don't know if i can survive going through all that again wanting it so badly but also being so shit scared of another potential loss because all we know is loss so we're just waiting for bad news the two-week wait is basically just a massive mind game And it's not the whole two weeks either. I don't know about you, but I find the first week less hard because at that point, there's really no way of knowing and nothing you can do other than those old wives tales and symptom spotting, but I'll get onto that in a sec. It's the second week that is really the nail biter because we are so close to knowing if it's been successful or not. And some girls do get positives really early at like eight days past ovulation, which blows my mind. I've never had a positive before 10. But again, 10 DPO, or days past ovulation, isn't two weeks after ovulation. It's within that second week. So as soon as the second week rolls around, is worrying about what the next few days have in store. And if you are one of these people who doesn't early test, then honestly, how do you do it? The temptation to know as soon as you can that you are pregnant is real. It's like the tests are calling going, take me, take me. But that's like I've said before. Once you see a negative, that hope just starts to fall away. And then if it's early, there's that potential for it to turn positive. And keeping that hope alive after seeing a negative, man, that is hard. And I can't tell you how many indent or evaporation lines I've had on tests. Either I'm falling pregnant and it's not sticking straight away, or I'm just very unlucky with these tests. But when you get those faint lines that might be real, but they might not be, It messes with your head so much. And so then it's like, well, I shouldn't have tested early, but then you had to test early because you just had to know and it's a whole spiral. And I can never trust a faint line now, even when it's positive. When I got pregnant back in August last year, I took a test at nine DPO afternoon, just on a whim because I saw a rainbow and you know, I love a good old sign. So I thought maybe it's a sign that it'll be positive. Nope, it was negative. So the next morning at 10 DPO, I took a test and I actually cried because I was so sure that it was negative. I was staying away with my family at the time and I showed them and my sister said she saw something on the first response. I mean, there was a faint line on it, but I was so used to those being indents, I was adamant that it was not positive. I just couldn't trust it. So when my test then went darker that night, and the next morning, it was a little bit of a shock, like a good shock. I was over the flipping moon. But my gut that it was negative was wrong. If I had waited until 11 DPO to test, it would have been an easy, yes, that's positive, And I wouldn't have gone all through that day of stressing, is it? Isn't it? What is it about early testing? It's actually torture. I mean... We know it's going to hurt and we do it anyway, just in case. And if it is positive, oh my God, the torture that is watching that line go darker each day and overanalyzing it. Is it darker? Is it dark enough? Is it going lighter? Am I going to have a chemical pregnancy, which is basically an early miscarriage where the HEG, the pregnancy hormone, has been picked up on a test, but it's too soon to see anything on an ultrasound scan and then you miscarry. Usually, with a chemical, the tests get darker and then they start going lighter again. And this is what happened for me with that pregnancy. I was panic attacking watching those tests. It was so, so, so not good for me. And yet, I did it again with my next one because it's reassuring to see those tests being positive. It's half of one and half of another. If we test, we will be worrying about progression. And if we don't test, we will be worrying about progression and not knowing. You can't win. I always say I'm going to wait to test, but then it comes to it and I just can't. I always test after my period arrives as well because I have trust issues with my body after I had what felt like a normal period, a painful period for seven days when I was pregnant with Angel. Which is another thing, symptom spotting. How many of us are guilty of this? We want it so bad that we look for any sign or symptom that it has worked this time. The slightest twinge. Could it be implantation cramping, feeling dizzy or nauseous or tired or literally anything? The problem is, it's progesterone that's causing these symptoms, which is a good thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're pregnant. So it's an absolute mind game. Early pregnancy symptoms and progesterone symptoms are pretty identical. I've had cycles where I felt awful and have been convinced that I would get a positive, only to then not. Mainly because I've been taking the progesterone for my short luteal phase and because of the hunger. That was my main symptom other than crazy nausea when I was first pregnant. And the funny thing is, when I take progesterone, I get that exact same feeling. It's like a hollow feeling that never fills up no matter how much you eat it tricks the brain into thinking you're pregnant. I am so guilty of looking for any signs of implantation, cramping, twinges, or like little stabs, anything that could be a little one snuggling in, any implantation bleeding. Who knew that was a thing before trying, by the way? Um, I always assumed that bleeding was not good, but now I know that there is a whole world of spotting or bleeding that is associated with pregnancy. Now, it's not super common, especially the type I had with my first, But it did happen, so it's worth sharing that experience with you. I'm going to put a trigger warning here because I am going to be talking about bleeding, so if that's something that you struggle with, skip ahead. I hate saying it, but I was that girl who didn't know she was pregnant. I know. How? Like, how is that possible? Because I had a freaking period. I know now that it wasn't an actual period as such, but honestly, it felt just like one. I mean, I was in such a lot of pain. I was taking codeine to try and manage the endometriosis pain and I bled for like seven days. That month, we hadn't tried as such as well. So I know I'm that girl too with this one. It is such an insane miracle pregnancy and I am still confused as to how it actually happened. Um, We hadn't tried that month because I was going into hospital to have a laparoscopy for endo and to have my tubes checked and everything. And I remember being in hospital for the surgery and having to pee in a pot and give that pot to the nurse and I was apologising for it being so red because I was bleeding that much. It wasn't just a bit of spotting, it was like full flow. Now I swear I took a pregnancy test before I got that period um, and it was negative but I guess maybe it was just too soon. Long story short, moments before the surgery, the doctor came and he said he wasn't doing it, the endo was too bad, and I was sent home. I'll go into detail about my endo journey another day, because it's a really long story. Um, It was only a week later that my LH tests were blazing positive for days on end that I decided to take a pregnancy test, and it was a die-stealer positive. That was my angel, my little miracle. I was so thankful that that surgery hadn't happened. I couldn't even think about that. Um, I had spotting later on in that pregnancy too and that stopped again and when I went for a scan, the doctor said that it was really normal to have bleeding and everything was fine. I still don't understand how, it honestly blows my mind. Then with the pregnancy last year in August, I had another strange bleeding experience. Um, I actually had an ovulation bleed that month at like 2 DPO um, and I freaked right out because that had never happened before. Then I had a day of spotting at about 6 or 7 DPO and I got a positive on 10. But my pregnancy in February of this year, nothing. Nothing at all. Part of me hopes for it again because then maybe it's a sign that I'm pregnant again. But I don't think I'm not when it doesn't happen because most people, they don't get it. It's just one of those things that makes your head spin. Another two-week wait thing is our mood. During the build-up to and during ovulation, I am the most productive person. I feel energized and just like I can do anything, but once it's happened, oh man, I get into such a funk. The mood swings are real and I'm so much less productive. It's lazy mode because you just feel like crap. Those pesky progesterone symptoms, you're moody, exhausted, and you just wanna eat all of the chocolate and things that are bad for you because you just need them. I went out during my last two week wait late into the evening just to go and get some chocolate biscuits because I had to have some chocolate digestives. I just had to. And I came home with milky bar, chocolate buttons, chocolate fingers, and of course the digestives too. And then I cried over it because I was just a mess, but it wasn't for any reason other than I just felt rubbish. And I'm pretty sure I'm in my two-week wait right now because, guys, I've been so good and not taken a single test this cycle. But yeah, I think I am now because my mood has plummeted and I just can't be asked to do anything. It's just a fact. This is the phase where we are just not our best selves. And going back to eating all of the chocolate, then you feel guilty for eating all of that crap because you should be eating as if you were pregnant just in case my relationship with that statement has been a roller coaster and then you've got all the extra things that might help that you feel you should be eating just in case pineapple core you know pomegranate juice all of those antioxidants which do have a place i mean antioxidants are good for you and anything that's good for you definitely can't harm you so yeah i i try sometimes but we can't always beat ourselves up if we don't have those things I'm definitely not always good and healthy, especially when all you want to shut up those hormones is chocolate. So I asked you guys on Instagram, what helps you get through that two week wait? And to be honest, it was a lot of similar things to when we tried to take some time out for a break or trying to relax. The first one was working. Yeah, work is a great distraction, right? Because It's a focus elsewhere that you can't really avoid. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, The next one, she says, ignoring it. And then she puts joke, nothing, counting down always. And this is it, it's a countdown. And the closer you get, the worse it feels. It just feels like it's impossible to ignore. A good podcast. Yeah, I can recommend one. <laughs> um, exercise, yeah, going to the gym, releasing those endorphins and also it's great for blood flow, right? Gentle exercise in a two-week wait, that's meant to be really good. Um, the next one is seeing friends. It's all about distractions, isn't it? Like time with people, people are a great distraction. Getting lost in their worlds for a bit as long as their worlds aren't all about children and pregnancy, like that is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's not about that, that's people are great. In fact, I was at the snow centre this morning watching my husband snowboard and I was sitting in the cafe and I was next to a woman and I just ended up having a random conversation with her for about two hours, just about anything and everything. And it was so nice not thinking about TTC for a while. The next one was reading books distracting the mind and yes, getting lost in someone else's world again, but in a story world. And this is great because you can pick your book for the mood you're in. So you can completely go into a whole other topic. And if you're not a reader, audiobooks. I love audiobooks. I always have them on in the background while I'm doing something else. And yeah, it just distracts your mind. Then we have self-care and date nights. Yes. All about the self-care. Oh, and having a bath. I love a bath. But Do you know what? I worry in a two week wait, even though it won't affect anything, I worry it will. It's frustrating, but there are irrational fears and not living life properly just in case. And drinking wine. Now, this is a controversial one, isn't it? Some people will drink in a two week wait, some people won't. And whenever I have a little glass of wine or whatever, I feel like I have to justify that to people when actually one little glass of wine isn't going to be the reason it doesn't implant. Of course, when you get a positive, that's a completely different thing. But in the two week wait, mm, it's literally half of your cycle. So do we just stop living for half a month? Especially when it's such a long journey, this gets old very fast and I have given in and just gone back to doing whatever I want until I get a positive. Okay, this is an interesting one. Expecting a negative and not getting hopes up because we're so used to getting negatives. Does it work? I have expected it a negative and then still got down about it when it's been negative negative. and also not having hope feels a bit like sad, but I get it, it's protecting yourself so you don't fall hard after getting your hopes up. Another one on the opposite side of the spectrum, positivity and feeling energetic, hope, right? But again, when your hormones are making you feel lazy, finding that energy can be tricky. But definitely, if you can find something in you to get up and go and do the things, absolutely. I might even just slip gratitude into here as well. Like, I've been listening to a Law of Attraction podcast for a while. And I've got to say, when I am thinking of what I'm grateful for and finding the good in the bad situations, I feel a lot better about life as a whole and everything, to be honest. Another one was having an implantation calendar and knowing where I'm at each day and yeah I've definitely been on those websites that tell you what each day means and where you might be and it's nice seeing that potential progression isn't it. Some others were not googling every little thing, meditations, the Zita West ones are great. I used to listen to the trying naturally one every single night and visualize baby snuggling in and it was lovely. Um, Yoga, Playing Animal Crossing. Yes. Who else has played Animal Crossing? I love it. It's just, yeah, all the easy games. Trash TV and treats. Yep, especially when you're craving all the chocolate like I was last month. DIY, keeping busy around the house, starting a project, decluttering. How good does it feel when you've decluttered somewhere? It's just a nicer environment to be in, isn't it? I need to get on with this stuff while we pack to move house, and I'm actually quite excited about getting rid of a load of stuff. Making lists to get things done. I love a good list. I've got the um, Mrs. Hinch little book of lists. And honestly, when I use it, I am so much more productive. Um, It keeps me busy, but organized too. Oh, I like this one a lot. Planning a new recipe each day to cook. Because then you've got a daily focus, right? That's really cool. Hiding the tests away. Maybe get someone else to do it as well. Because if you're anything like me, I know where they are. And I'm likely to go and get them. Another one was having distractions, but I still tend to overthink and look back at old charts. I mean, I am with you on that one. I'm always looking back and comparing charts. It's all part of the game. I must usually, well, not this month because there's nothing on it, but usually I open my apps like, I dunno, 50 times a day, a lot, like it's mad how much I can stare at a chart when it won't change anything. Oh, and this was a lovely one cliche, but it was my husband. Without his positivity, I would have lost hope. And they can be so good, can't they? I mean, this is a whole episode in itself with relationships. It's not always lovely and easy with them on this journey, but I have got to say the same with this. Ben holds on to my hope when I lose it. Every time. When I early test, he's like, just wait, not yet, maybe tomorrow... And without that, I would just be like, it's awful, it's hopeless, it's over. So yeah, having their positivity is really helpful. I mean, looking at this list, most of these things are the same as when we try to have a break away from TTC, aren't they? I'm seeing a lot of the same things coming up, mostly distractions. It's about looking after yourself and your mind and trying to get away from obsessing. Which is next to impossible. <laughs> like I've said before, when it's all you want, how can you not think about it? But we do our best. And if you're in your two-week wait right now, I'm sending you so many positive vibes and baby dust. And if you feel like you need some support and to talk to someone about how you're feeling in the way or any part of the journey, to be honest, go to effortlesslyelli.com, click on Patreon, become a member. I am loving the community on there right now. It's so lovely seeing you guys connecting with each other and with me too, I love chatting with you, so yeah, um, I would love to see you on there too. Anyway, I think that's enough of me for today, but all my love, as always, and I will speak to you very soon. Bye!